0: We might as well play it. Mm -hmm. This is every this is every ounce of everything Bill Belichick said in his post-game commentary regarding the meeting. And Bill made you, made us wait for it. This was an hour or so after the game. It was a long yeah. time. I actually thought there was a chance he might blow it off. Um, for one We reason did too. <laughs> that was what the rumbling
1: was. We were like, he's not going to show up. He's, 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 he's going to be on Zoom. <laughs> I,
0: he Zoomed out on Friday and he Zoomed mm-hmm. out for tomorrow already. Um, and so I think he doesn't really want to face this music and he doesn't want to talk about it and he never
1: has Go ahead. I'll say he's sick. Like that dude is clearly, he was, when he started talking in his press conference, he had to get his voice back. Like, so I don't think Bill's afraid of us. I think he genuinely is just very under the weather. He's not afraid. It's not, has nothing to
0: do with fear. He doesn't honestly want to give the satisfaction of the Mm. answers. I don't think he wants anybody's pity. Last thing he wants is Mm. people like, Hey Bill, you did have a good run, man. And like, he doesn't want, he doesn't want any of it. He just wants to do what he wants to do. And he wants the people who decide to decide it um and i and i get it i get it mm-hmm. i really do um so this is bill belichick and you're right i mean it's a really gravely voice he's obviously not doing great here here's mm-hmm. everything bill had to say about his future which is not much
2: some questions on the game um as far as the future goes i'll sit down with robert as i do every year at some point at the end of the season and you know we'll talk about things as we always do i'm sure that'll happen um but that's really about all I have to say about that right now because there's nothing else to talk about. So, uh, Bill, coming off the field today, did you have any different feelings about the end of today coming off that field? Disappointed about the way the game turned out, sure. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Do you expect to be coaching the team here next year? Disappointed in the way the game finished, yeah.
1: Bill, is it your preference to come back next season and coach the team?
2: Yeah, so I just finished the game here with the Jets. Put everything I had into it and I'm disappointed in the results.
1: It's our understanding that you're under contract for next year. Is it? Is it your hope to come back and I
2: just finished the game with the Jets Phil. It was a very I put everything I had into it this week and try to prepare our team the best I could to play in it.
0: Now, when you don't know what the future holds, you can't say you're on to next season or on to Cincinnati or on to the next thing. All you can say is We just finished this game. That's all I can talk about. And look, true to form, that's all Bill Belichick has ever talked about. And I don't think anybody could have reasonably expected that he was going to open up and start gushing and talking about his future or, like, openly beg, you know, publicly to keep his job or start to advocate for himself. That's going to get handled uh, in the coming days. Um, And on it goes. So, I mean, again, Taylor, obviously, I'm not saying give your rumors or give whatever but i mean what's the general vibe here about bill belichick i i've been all over the map on this in my mind just based on trying to read the tea leaves i don't have it i really don't and i know there were reports i know tom you know Curran had reported you know they kind of made you know they've they they kind of decided i i'm you know you know bedard recently wrote that you know sources are saying that they're still Seeds of doubt, right? I don't really know. I do believe that uh, even if Kraft is strongly leaning one way, I think he's going to let Bill try to talk him out of it. I really do. Um, I think he's going to listen, and I think there's scenarios by which Bill might say things convincing enough if he were to acknowledge missteps, acknowledge where he needs help, and potentially seed some control to other people um talk about yeah you're right we got we it's got to be more emphasis on offense i i learned it this year if if he's humble and contrite not in a bad way not like he's begging for his job but in actual he's realized it yeah like yeah what i thought we needed we don't i obviously need some assistance here to do this i'm 72 years old i think there's a world he can convince Kraft but what do you think What's the vibe there? You're talking to other reporters. You're talking to sources. You're talking to people down there.
1: What, what's your feeling? Yeah, I mean, that is the gray area, really. It's how Belichick is going to handle himself. And, you know, it, I, I do think that it unanimously is understood that Robert Kraft has not made a decision and really could be swayed. I think that's pretty unanimously believed. You know, Ian Rappaport's saying it. Tom Curran is saying it. like Anybody who's got real insiders who are talking to Kraft or Bill are on the same page of like, yeah, we have no idea what's going to happen. And I think that's how they're going to enter this meeting. If Bill is contrite and he decides to, you know, show some humility and say, hey, like you said, I need to take a step back. I have blind spots. And it's difficult because Bill is known for that in certain aspects. Like if you watch any of the, like, do your job well documentaries and anything where he's super candid he acknowledges I, you know, I make mistakes. I like listening to other people who can help me. But then you get things like the Andrew Callahan and Doug Hyde report, which we, you know, I talked about over on Pat's Daily with Doug, where there's reports where he didn't even want to bring in Bill O'Brien. He wanted to stick with Matt Patricia. And Robert Kraft said publicly that he thought Matt Patricia was put in a position to fail. So, you know, he made a rare step. Robert Kraft is a very hands-off owner. He, he lets Belichick do his thing because obviously Belichick has a better track record than anybody in the NFL. But he said, no, something has to change. He's also said already twice that he wants a playoff win. So you kind of enter this and it's like, all right, that's three strikes there. Where yeah. And then reports are saying that he is very disappointed, very disappointed. So I think it literally is like he's hoping that Bill will talk him off the ledge. And, that's, and we don't really know what's going to happen. We don't know if Bill is saying – If he's going to go in and say, I have a plan, I want to maintain control, but I know what I want to do. We don't know if he's going to say, you know what, I'm going to take a step back and give Bill O'Brien more control of the offense and kind of, you know, stick to my end of it and, you know, give him a little more control. We don't know if he's going to want to bring in um, somebody else to kind of handle more of the general manager duties, if it's grow being elevated, if it's bringing in somebody who's familiar with the organization but has spent time elsewhere and has a track record. We really don't know. And all these options are on the table, which makes it interesting. Interesting, but obviously we live in a society where people want to know right now what's going to happen, and the truth is we really don't. It all depends on Bill, but I do agree that he has a chance to maintain his job, but I think he's really going to have to make significant changes in terms of how he Um, goes about building the team and his management of the team because we've seen how great he is as a coach. He's lost nothing as a coach. He's lost nothing as a defensive Italian talent evaluator because you know Christian Gonzalez obviously is a knockout of the park. Keon White really started flashing towards the end of the year. Uh, Marte Mapu had his struggles, but you saw the playmaking ability late. I'm not justifying these picks over offensive picks. I did at the time. I have since learned and grown and been like, you know what, nah. Maybe not Keon White and Marte Mapu. Like, I'm happy to say that I was wrong there. But, you know, I think in those areas, Bill's fine. But the offense, it's it's, it's it's a real, real blind spot. And if he decides to acknowledge that and make real changes, I think that, yeah, he's back. But if he doesn't, I also think that Robert Kraft is saying, hey, I've got Gerard Mayo. Bill Belichick's own philosophy is that I'd rather, you know, give up on a player a couple years too early than a couple years too late. And after what we've seen, if you keep Bill and there's not changes, you're probably going to have the same result where Robert Kraft is just going to he's going to be furious at that point because he keeps making these mistakes. So I, I think a real change is going to need to be made, but it's going to be whether or not Bill is willing to can see that or whether he's like, hey, I can go to another organization. I can maybe bring my kids and I can still have the amount of control that I want because I've still got it as a general manager. That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. The NFL season is wrapping up. And there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel,
2: America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
0: Yeah, I I think that's all really well said. And You referenced the report, Taylor. Um, from, uh, from Andrew, uh, host of the Pat's Interference podcast here on CLNS Media. We should point that out. And, and his colleague, Doug Kide, um, you know, well-sourced piece, um, described, I think, in great detail some of the things that we have talked about, um, you know, and that's been talked about throughout the course of the season. And you mentioned, I think that that was the one telling thing. And I think that's the thing that's going to be the sticking point there. Not whether or not Bill says something and you believe him, whether or not he's even willing to do it, because I think that that's the most egregious thing about all above above all else. I think whiffing on players is something everyone does and you can go on a cold streak but philosophically speaking he's been a guy who's been successful going off the board multiple times in the past and it hasn't worked so the things that worked for him before aren't working for him now but Mm -hmm. it's always been his philosophy to look for market inefficiencies draft different types of players x y and z and again there's a lot of frustrating misses i I don't think it's a strength. And I I do question whether or not he's, uh, you know, evolved or adapted with the modern game. I think Mm -hmm. the refusal to kind of buy into the analytics, look, I think this is a guy who was ahead of of the curve. You know, miles ahead of the curve in the way he thought about football, where other people had a more institutional style of thinking and they ran a particular system and they believed in old football tropes about what wins football game. And Belichick challenged that convention. He was ahead, whether he was using the analytics of his brain or not. He was thinking about things differently. I think he just needs to come into the future with it. But the most damning of all was that with the coaches, because. I really think it's like the analogy I used, it's or the metaphor, whatever you want to call it. He, he watered, he bought the plant, but he didn't water it. Okay. Mm -hmm. They, they, they made him get O'Brien as a coach and he didn't let him pick a staff and he gave him no tools. And he said, go ahead, fix it. Oh, is it offense? I can't do offense. Is that right? Rob, Uh, you know, Robert. Okay. Let him fix it. And he set him up to fail a guy Mm -hmm. with whom he has a relationship, which to me, If that's how it went down is bordering on petty and immature, not only stubborn. And so if that's how it went down, that's worrisome because that's nope, it's going to be my way. It's take my ball and go home sort of stuff. And that to me is the worst part about it is you Mayo gets anointed. And then, and then and then he's reporting to Bill's kid, and he's walking around the building, and nobody knows what he does. He doesn't have a title or any sort of authority, but he was elevated in a press release, but given no actual power. O'Brien is given power. O'Brien is given a title, but no tools with which to work. Adrian Clem also reported in this thing, brought in as an O-line coach, gets, gets into it with grow over the lack of talent on the O-line. Like, how am I supposed to coach these guys? So, like, problems throughout the organization a lot of it's stemming from the fact that bill just wouldn't give his guys stuff to work with i think that that's the most troubling of all and that's where if i'm craft i would have a little bit of pause you know so that, that that's that's kind of where i'm at with it two i don't know how you get there right taylor like mm-hmm. i don't know how he i i don't know how Kraft feels good about his decision either way i'm
1: not going to lie I think that's fair because with Bill, it's, you, he had what I think is fair to say was a pretty toxic situation where the front office and the coaching staff didn't get together. The coaching staff didn't necessarily get along well with each other because you had the old regime and Vinny Sinceri and Troy Brown. Then you have Adrian Clem, who's basically on an island, and then you have Bill O'Brien and Will Lawing. Like the Patriots staffs, anytime you look at – again, I, I, I've been really watching a lot of their documentaries on when they win the Super Bowl where they kind of do the deep dives. And you look at all these guys who just work so well together and then go off and eventually get opportunities elsewhere, but it's because they have a cohesive staff. So even if he comes back, you wonder, is there still going to be bad blood? Is there going to be awkward or weirdness? You know, there's no guarantees there, but then you also take the chance where if you do, I, you know, we can talk about a bunch of different coaching candidates. I think most realistically, the crafts like to keep things in house like Belichick. They're not going to go out. I really don't think they're going to go out and get like a Bobby Slowick or, um, 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 oh my God, I'm blanking on his name, the Lions offensive coordinator. Johnson, my bad. Ben Johnson. Johnson ben right, Johnson. Ben Johnson. I always think it's Bob or Ben. I get confused. But I don't think he's going to go out and get a guy like that because they don't have any connections. I think he wants to elevate Mayo because it also helps with uh, turnover because you don't have to get like a whole new staff of people you're not familiar with. I think he wants to keep it in-house. But you also, Mayo for all of his, you know, his success as a player, he's been in the building for a long time. He's a well-respected coach. You don't know how he's going to lead an organization. And he already had the reports whether they're right or wrong that Mayo even acknowledged that were saying that they didn't like the way that he was carrying himself. And that creates a weird situation where it's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Do you bring believe,
0: Mike Mabel back? Sorry. I I no I didn't mean to I believe that's likely other coaches, not players though. I think he's got the ear mm-hmm. of the players
1: yeah no absolutely I agree but again that's okay so do you kind of where, where do you go from there and I really don't know I, I'm not sure where you go if it's Mayo like does he get rid of guys or what have you I love I think that Mayo is by far their best candidate I know there's been talk about Mike Vrabel but I don't understand the point of that when Vrabel and Gerard Mayo have similar resumes the difference is that obviously Vrabel has experience as a head coach Mayo doesn't but at some point Mayo is going to get that opportunity and how are you going to feel if Mayo ends yeah. up going to you know some other team and then he has success because especially last night watching to Demi- meet. Ryan's. I kind of looked into his and Mayo's career resumes, just out of curiosity. Because I'm like, well, they are both really good linebackers. They played around the same time. When I tell you they were the same person, both all of all SEC, both uh, two time pro bowlers, both one time all pros. Like as players, they were very, very similar in terms of their success. And you've seen with D'Amico Ryans how that translates and how players respond to him and how much he gets out of them. I think you get the same thing with Gerard Mayo with the added bonus of not only does he have coaching experience like D'Amico Ryans did, he's been in the media. So he understands how they work, and he's much more transparent with us than most of the people on the coaching staff, but not in a way where it seems like he's you know, going outside of the company line. He just understands like you can be transparent, but you don't have to give away state secrets, and he's got the business acumen, which you know I directly asked him about. And he mentioned how it helps him talk to a diverse kind of group of people, how he is better. And, you know, it helps with a mentorship and communication. There's a lot of things going for him. So I don't think you want Gerard Mayo to leave the building. And frankly, if you keep Bill around for two or three more years, you're probably going to lose him. And at some point, you're also probably going to lose to Marcus Covington. So then it's like, okay, we don't even really know what the succession plan is going to be, or if there's even going to be somebody on the, around the league in that tree or someone with experience with the Patriots who's available. So, You know, I I really do think, and I hate to say this, especially because I was pro-Bill, but after that came out, I was like, you're creating a bad situation on your own staff. It's not just you don't have offensive talent, which is what I thought it was. It's that you were maybe actually going out of your way to be petty and hurting your coaching staff, which that blew my mind because, yeah, Belichick can be petty. We all know that. But usually he sees the bigger picture, and that is the exact opposite. That's what –
0: but. I had my conspiracy theory beyond just O'Brien that Bill, that Bill secretly wanted Mac to fail after the going outside the building and didn't want to help there either, because I don't think he, I, I don't know that he necessarily was a thousand percent wanted to pick him in the first place, and I don't like, I don't think he liked how that went, and I thought that that relationship was bad in training camp, and when I pointed it out multiple times. Every time Mac Jones spoke when he was asked a question about how much involvement do you have with Bill Belichick, he said, Bill's good at defense. Uh, but I'm really happy that we have O'Brien here. And he did that over and over and over again. Which so, is fair. Which is fair.
1: Because any time Bill toes over on offense, it's bad. Like one of the things with Adrian Klein, once he left, Bill started teaching today. Right. But I'm saying like anytime Bill goes over to the offense, it seems like it goes poorly because when you talk about Adrian Clem, once he left, Trent Brown said that Bill was teaching Skarneckius principles, whereas Clem was teaching things that were different, which one, another thing that was so bizarre is that they didn't know what Adrian Clem's teaching philosophies and style would be. And Trent Brown said that he was more new age and Bill was teaching something completely different deep into the season, which, again, it's one. How are you hiring a guy? And then you're surprised by how he's teaching. I don't know how that works beyond that how are you going to go out of your way to change how these people are already being taught when they're already a struggling unit like there's that piece just had so many little tidbits where I'm like this this is really damning and even if you bring Bill back how do you solve these things? And that's why I really think he needs to get out of the offense. Give that to Bill O'Brien. Was Bill O'Brien a great general manager and leader of a franchise? No. But we have seen that he can have success as an offensive mind. And when, you know, it's it's managed. And also I think that Bill O'Brien's matured. Like I think he's much more introspective, and I think he's more self-aware. And when he talks to us, like you really do get the sense that. He, he he gets what's going on, whereas when he was with the Texans, it seemed like he was way out of touch. I think he's grown from there, so considering he's had general manager experience, he's had head coaching experience, I think that he's earned the right to be able to get at least one season of control of the offense to build something that he can be proud of and thinks that he has enough tools to work with because – Nothing I've ever, at least in recent history, like nothing involving Bill in the offense has been positive by any stretch of the imagination. And that's, that's what's been the crux of the team since Brady's last season.